Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for this sermon. You can find all of our sermons at holycommunion.net and our Facebook, YouTube, and podcast channels. Consider hitting like or subscribe. Consider sharing this sermon with others. It helps us to reach more people like you. We are so thankful to those who support our ministry. You can give today at holycommunion.net backslash give. In the name of our loving, life-giving, liberating God, amen. Please be seated. What does the Lord require? What does the Lord require? The prophet Micah's question may be as much as 3,000 years old, and yet in the midst of all of this rich scripture this morning, I think it's the question for us. I want to note, I, I made a, an error in judgment. I, I should have switched our readers so that Judge Mensa had that reading with all the lawsuits in it. Um, but it's, it's an interesting bit, this bit from Micah. A suit is before God. The prophet asks on behalf of the people, what does the Lord require? That ancient question is the question for today, Holy Communion. What does God ask of us in 2023? And today's sermon is also my State of the Parish address for our annual meeting. Uh, But I'm a preacher, so we're going to start with this scripture. The question, what does the Lord require? It's it's asked and answered in Micah chapter 6, isn't it? Honestly, our translation threw me off a bit. Did it throw anybody else off? Yeah. I I like our common English Bible. I like the way it invites us in to certain verses that we think we know so well. But in this case, give me the old school, do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. Right? Bishop Jane Holmes Dixon, Jane Holmes Dixon, and she was the second woman to become a bishop in the Episcopal Church in the Diocese of Washington. And she used to say that Episcopalians love this verse, but they get it backwards. Episcopalians do mercy and love justice. She says, pay attention, do justice, love mercy. What is it to do justice? As I say these words, I know many of us are reeling this weekend, having seen the video of the brutality Tyree Nichols faced at the hands of law enforcement. Another video like this. And I, I wish I had answers for you today. I don't. Just pain. I haven't watched the video. I haven't been able to do that. Just reading the descriptions was enough to make my stomach turn. I know this. If you didn't see it, there's a poster on the way in. It'll be up online later this week. But uh, across the month of February, we have a whole series of preachers. Uh, Our senior warden, Rudy Nickens, who worked on behalf of the governor with the Ferguson Commission. Um, Our uh, Dr. L.J. Punch, a pioneer in stopping the bleed and trauma care after um, somebody has been shot. Uh, We've got our deacon, Chester Hines, preaching and then Debbie Nelson Link, an educator and author of a biography of Polly Murray. Over the month of February, in art and activism, in medicine and community care, in government, church, and in education, we've got preachers who have been remaking 
the systems in our city that need to be remade. I'm really glad that in this place I get to share this pulpit with preachers whose work has been about helping St. Louis realize that black lives matter. And I'm going to let them talk with us about these questions. What I know today is that justice requires a great deal of us. This week, I was down in Jefferson City. The best part was visiting Joe Adams in his office. Uh, that was the easy part of my day, but it wasn't an easy day. We left before 6 a.m. in order to get down there for an early morning meeting, an early morning hearing in the Senate. We didn't return back until 1 a.m. Wednesday morning. I was there with our rabbi in residence, Rory Picker Neese. It was my first time in the Capitol. It was not Rory's. When I got invited by Rory to come and to testify against a series of nine bills that were heard this week that would curtail LGBTQ plus rights. Nine, just on Tuesday. More are up this week. Some of these bills would ban trans kids from sports teams. Some would criminalize parents for working with their kids' doctors on gender-affirming care. Rory has a trans kid who testified eloquently alongside his parents. And I admit, I was in tears on Tuesday night as Rory's husband, Russell, looked at legislators on this committee in the eye, broke from his script, and just said, please don't make me a felon for working with my kids' doctors. It was a rough day. It was long. And I want to confess to you, Holy Communion, there was one moment that was particularly hard for me. You see, I, I can be a little bit competitive as a religious leader. And after the first hearing, we stood out in the hallway in the Capitol to take pictures. And I smiled in this big group photo. And then Rory and Rabbi Daniel Bogard from Central Reform Congregation, after the big group photo, called out, Jewish community! And someone shoved a phone in my hand because in a collar, I was obviously the photographer goy. <laughs> Most everybody else stayed put because dozens of our Jewish neighbors stood up against these laws last week, drove down in that early morning. And I need to admit to you, I, I say I was jealous. I was also a little bit in awe. Our St. Louis Jewish community is doing justice on these questions. And I wondered, where are the Episcopalians? So you're invited. If you'd like to come down to Jefferson City, shoot me a text. My text is on the back of the bulletin up on the website. Send an email. We can get you on the list. Our director of operations is going down on Tuesday, Hannah Shanks, with her spouse, who's a Methodist clergy person. There's already some Episcopalians signed up. It looks like Tuesday. We won't know for sure until tomorrow because they don't tend to let us know about these hearings until just before the 24-hour deadline ahead. You'll need to be able to drop things, take a fast day off and carpool. If you can't go to Jefferson City, but you could help drop off or pick up kids from school or cook a meal so that someone else can testify, I'd also be happy to hear from you. Doing justice takes a whole village. This was the year when I learned about the village. My written report to the parish includes the fake Latin phrase, Semper Gumby, always be flexible. Mercy requires flexibility. The word mercy, as in love mercy, 
in the verse, it's thick in the Hebrew. And I think that's why our translation kind of inartfully fills in the concept with this idea of faithful love. The Hebrew is chesed. It's one of the most important words in the Bible. Chesed is often translated in the Psalms as loving kindness. But it also has these connotations of forgiveness, of mercy. God's mercy endures forever. This has been a year to love mercy. From shifting plans due to COVID variants at the start of the year, to changing the very arrangement of the furniture, to creating the playground space, in our mission statement, we call our church a welcoming and diverse community which seeks to follow Jesus. And welcome, diversity, and community are our core values as a parish. And they sound nice, don't they? We paint ourselves a nice picture of what welcoming, diverse community looks like. But don't be fooled. Welcoming, diverse community is hard work. It isn't always easy to show up, especially if you've got kids to get out of bed and dressed on the one day of the week you don't get in trouble for being late. Showing up ready to welcome others, to make them feel at home, to help them connect to community, that's hard work. Holding together across a diverse congregation takes patience and gentleness and listening. And we live in a world which is good at building silos and rage. Listening and gentleness takes practice. It's not the default setting. Gently teaching someone about race, about pronouns, or not to make assumptions based on our age can be really tough work. Staying in community is tough. There are times when we all say something wrong, miss an email, get frustrated with a neighbor. We all need a little grace, a little loving kindness, a little mercy. To continue on with Micah's requirements, I need to say this past year, I personally learned about humility. I would not have chosen to be absent from you for two months. That was the bishop's call. My absence and my return have taught me about trust. I learned how strong and resilient and reliant and flexible this community can be. When I am at my least mature, I run the danger of thinking I have all the answers. I learned this year you don't really need me for my answers. You don't even need me to make church happen. Your vestry, Julie, Chester, Hannah, Mary, Barbara, Loretta, Josephine, even our organist Stephen, before he had to follow his husband on down to Nashville, they pulled together. Volunteers really leaned in. Humility for me this year was about realizing I might go fast alone, but we go farther and we have more fun when we walk together. I'm incredibly grateful to still be walking with this community. Ellis and I are so thankful for all you have done and all you are doing for us and more importantly for this church this year. Humility for me meant learning to trust you all a little bit more. And this is a year when a whole lot of people leaned into the work of making church. You did it by ushering and reading and rearranging chairs. You leaned into the work by investing in this place. Stewardship for 2023 finished with records set. For the first time, we have surpassed $300,000 in pledges. But your investments were not only financial. 
You showed up to smudge people's foreheads and pray in grocery store parking lots for ashes to go. You came to remember beautiful souls who now rest in peace like Sandra Ellis and Martha Bonds, Chris Carter, and too many more. You help baptize and tell God's stories with our kids. You plugged quarters into washing machines and colored with the little ones as clothes spun. You worshiped downtown in a park in a June rainstorm to show God's love at Pride Fest. You theologized over pints and food at Schlafly, and you brought your friends along for the conversation. This year, you brought your kids and grandkids to see that new window behind me and invited them to wonder what it could mean to rise up with Jesus. We live in a part of the world where doing justice means doing church the way that Holy Communion does church. Too many churches and pastors are behind too much cruelty and hate in this state. On Tuesday, I was one of the only Christian voices to mention God while speaking against the bills. There are many folks in this parish who are still recovering from the church of their upbringing. It matters that you show up for worship and welcome people exactly for who they are. It matters that you show up for one another and hold patience across all kinds of diversity, cultivate curiosity. It matters that you take the time to learn about the history and reality of racism in our sacred ground curriculum. It matters that we show up for our neighbors in this community. Holy Communion, thank you for all you have been this past year. And as we look ahead, what does the Lord require of us? I pray that in the year ahead and the years ahead, Holy Communion is known as the church where we do justice. Amen.